Welcome to the U.S. Soccer Rundown. I am your host, Blake Shelton. It is Saturday, August 5th, 2017, and uh, I'm just sitting here uh, drinking water. Um, I know last time it was beer, but I had somewhere between Alejandro Bedoya and Josie Altador of those last night, and I just finished up a calzone that was uh, one of two that I ambitiously ordered last night, um, but made for a great brunch this morning. Uh, we went out last night for a friend of mine who just got into a graduate program in London. And speaking of London, you like those transitions, um, I wanted to talk about the last weekend of the year with no Premier League football. I know some of the other major European leagues have already started. I know France started up this morning. But nonetheless, I thought today would be a perfect opportunity to take a look at the U.S. men's national team players uh, in the player pool who are specifically plying their trade over in Europe and talk about some of those guys, what they need to do this season to uh, solidify their spot on the World Cup roster or what they need to do to jump some players and actually get in. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right on into the Premier League, my personal league of choice, and see what we should be on the lookout for as we prepare for the season to start next weekend. So the first guy on my list is Jeff Cameron, um, center back for Stoke City. And Jeff Cameron is is one handsome son of a bitch, I'll tell you that much. He's uh, He's got the best hair on the U.S. men's national team by leaps and bounds. Uh, in fact, it's usually a picture of him that I take in to my barber whenever I get a haircut. And, and I genuinely take a look at his Instagram uh, for fashion advice. So, uh, so definite man crush on Jeff Cameron. Uh, and not only is he a good-looking guy, but he's also our first-choice right-sided center back that'll be paired with John Brooks. Um, assuming no wild changes in form or no injuries, he'll be uh, partnered with John Brooks at center back for the U.S. men's national team in Russia 2018. Uh, and another good thing about him is that he can actually, in an emergency, slide over to right back um, or also slide up and play center defensive midfield. He actually played that role uh, for the U.S. against Belgium in the 2014 World Cup. Um, Jeff Cameron's got a lot of versatility, which is great, but um, Bruce Arena's definitely going to want him to be playing center back. Next up is actually another center back, this one being Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, for Tottenham. He is 19 years old, so he's a youngster, um, and Spurs valued him so much that they actually made him uh, the captain of a few of their youth teams before he was promoted to the first team last season so last season was his first with the with the first team didn't really get much game time at all he played a couple of late game substitutions and a couple of cup games but unfortunately it was pretty much a year without him seeing the field with any sort of regularity uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be in the first team plans much this upcoming season either in the summer uh, preseason games he made a few mistakes and I doubt that uh, for a team making a title push, they're they're really interested in experimenting with a young center back. So there's still a few weeks left in the transfer window. I selfishly hope for the best interest of the U.S. national team. He goes out on loan just so he can get a few uh, more regular appearances. A lot of the mistakes he was making this summer appeared to mostly just be rust from not having a lot of game experience lately. So 
I think that's the best move for him. Let's see if that actually comes to fruition in the next weeks. At this point, CCV is on the outside looking in for a World Cup spot, but maybe if he does go out on loan, he can get some regular game time and, and make a fight for the, uh, the fourth spot there that the U.S. is really still trying to decide on. Next up is Emerson Heinemann, central midfielder for Bournemouth. Um, he's also a youngster. I think he's only maybe 20 or 21. And uh, he's actually the grandson of a former MLS manager. So he's, uh, he's got soccer in the blood for sure. Um, Bournemouth bought him last summer, so summer of 2016. And he was actually loaned out to Rangers um, in Scotland for at least the last half of last season. Um, played get there, and a lot of people thought he might actually be going back, but um, since he returned to Bournemouth at the end of the Scottish season, uh, there's really not been much information on him whatsoever. Uh, a lot of people expected him, you know, in 2014, thought that he'd probably be a name that we're seeing on the 2018 World Cup roster, but at this point, he doesn't appear to be in the first team plans for Bournemouth. He hasn't done enough to establish himself as a must-have on the World Cup roster, so at this point he's uh, definitely on the outside looking in. Uh, that's not to say he couldn't make it in. There are a few World Cup roster spots, uh, especially for midfielders, that aren't quite settled yet, but in order to get his name into the mix, he's going to have to impress somewhere, and at this time, uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be Bournemouth. Could expect him to be another one to make a loan, um, and hopefully, you know, play enough to to make a case for himself to be included on that World Cup roster. Next up, we've got Danny Williams, center defensive midfielder for Huddersfield Town, uh, coached by American David Wagner, actually. Um, But Danny Williams has been a name on U.S. soccer fans, hoping that he would put it together for a really long time. Um, He got sporadic call-ups under Jurgen Klinsmann uh, and always did enough to excite folks, but never actually managed to put it all together. Uh, and establish himself as a regular. So he was playing in the championship last season. For those of you that don't know, just to check, uh, the championship is the second division in English football, so right below the Premier League. Uh, And his team got all the way to the playoffs uh, to get promoted, actually, before uh, being eliminated from the playoffs. And um, so we were hoping that Danny Williams would be making it to the Premier League um, and then Huddersfield Town actually stepped him and bought him. So he will be a Premier League player this uh, this upcoming season. In terms of his U.S. men's national team outlook, the spot that he would be looking to fill would be Michael Bradley's backup as our central defensive midfielder. Um, currently, that role appears to be held by Dax McCarty. Um, but if Danny Williams is regularly playing in the Premier League, I think it's going to be too hard for Bruce Arena to ignore him and not bring him in as that backup to Michael Bradley for the World Cup. So uh, we'll see. I'm not entirely sure how he falls in on the depth chart, but um, if he manages to win the job, play week week in and week out, uh, I think he's going to make a really strong case for himself. Next up, we've got Newcastle United right back, Mr. DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, Yedlin is the fastest player on the U.S. men's national team, according to FIFA ratings. He's fast. He's really, really fast. I mean, he's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. I got it. He's fast. And DeAndre Yedlin's a pretty cool dude, too. Uh, One of my buddies was looking to buy a U.S. men's national team jersey. I told him to go with Yedlin. Uh, Yedlin's young. And he's clearly our best option at right back, so it's going to be around for a while, and the jersey will get plenty of use. Uh, and he's also a pretty cool dude, too. Um, he 
It's a pretty good Twitter follow, a pretty good Instagram follow. So um, I, I felt like if you're looking for a, a U.S. national team jersey, Yedlin's not a bad way to go. Um, he really bursts onto the scene at the 2014 World Cup. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann um, turned some heads by including him. No one really knew who he was, but he played well and got bought by Spurs after that. Um, Spurs eventually sent him out on loan to Sunderland, so he has played in the Premier League before. Um, played with Sunderland, helped them avoid relegation, uh, and then Spurs actually sold him to Newcastle United. So he played in the championship last year and then helped them win promotion. So he's back. This will be his second season as a full-time right back in the Premier League. So uh, he's our best option by far there. And um, really the, the only consideration is who his backup is going to be, uh, assuming there's no injuries. Unfortunately, though, we do know that he's at least injured for the next couple of weeks. So it's possible he'll miss the World Cup qualifiers in September. Um, so I, I guess we get another another set of games to potentially try and figure out who that backup is going to be, probably between Graham Zussi or Eric Lehigh, who we'll talk about a little bit later. And the final American currently in the Premier League is Gidjan Zellalem. He uh, is a young Arsenal central midfielder, um, once compared to Cesc Fabregas. So he was actually the, the great American hope back in 2014-2015 before Christian Pulisic actually got onto the scene. It was a big deal whenever he decided to represent the United States instead of Germany and Ethiopia. But in his time since committing, he hasn't really done much. He's played in a couple youth tournaments, maybe got a senior call-up once or twice. Um, but he's currently not living up to those pre-Christian Pulisic expectations. He did play with the U.S. in a world or in some sort of youth World Cup this summer, uh, but ended up tearing his ACL after, from what I heard, not playing that well. So uh, Zalalem off to a little bit of a rough start. Uh, doesn't really have much of a chance at all for the World Cup 2018, especially because he's going to be rehabbing a pretty serious injury for the majority of this season, and we don't really know where that's going to be quite yet. Arsenal still own him. Uh, he spent last season out on loan, but to be determined where he'll actually uh, be uh, once the season begins. All right, so that's everybody for the Premier League. Uh, next up, where we find the most Americans, um, is the Bundesliga. And that's likely as a result from Jurgen Klinsmann's tenure. A, finding uh, German nationals that had American parents and could be dual nationals. And also using his connections as a famous German player to get Americans uh, chances at clubs that you know they might not have had otherwise. So a pretty good crop of Americans playing in the Bundesliga. A lot of our World Cup roster will be made up from these players. So uh, let's go ahead and jump on into those. First up, we've got John Brooks, hashtag wall of Brooks, uh, hashtag he uses on every one of his Instagrams that I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, and he's, uh, he's an American hero, scored the winner against Ghana in the 2014 World Cup, and uh, he's also America's current um, youngest powerballed, uh, which we're sort of becoming famous for. Brooks is one of the dual nationals that owns his Americanness the most. Um, he On his two elbows, he's got tattoos on each one for Berlin, uh, where he's from in Germany, and the other is, as he says, Chicago, where his American family's from. So uh, he'll be the first choice center back for uh, Bruce Arena, partnered with Jeff Cameron. Brooks will be on the left, Jeff Cameron will be on the right. 
Um, and outside of some sort of injury, he'll he'll absolutely be the first first name on the team sheet uh, in the center back department. He did just transfer to Wolfsburg in this off season, so um, expecting him to win that job, he he broke the transfer record for an American that'll ultimately be crushed by Christian Pulisic in a couple of years. But um, for now, John Brooks is is the man in central defense, and I expect it to continue to be that way. Uh, since he's only about 24 or so for quite a long time. Next up, we've got Timmy Chandler, uh, right back for Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, in the March to Brazil 2014 documentary series that ESPN did, I think he was mentioned as being one of the funniest guys on the team. So funny man Timmy Chandler uh, was a backup right back in the 2014 World Cup. Um, and honestly, that's probably what he's hoping to accomplish again for 2018. Um Chandler is actually a really good right back in the Bundesliga. Um, FIFA actually says he's better than Yedlin, according to stats, despite Yedlin being far and away the first-choice option uh, on paper for the U.S. Um, But he's never really seemed to be able to put it all together when suiting up for the national team. Um, Chandler's actually also played some left back as well for the U.S. men's national team. And knowing that the left back spot is going to be a problem or an area of concern at least moving forward, him being a true right back, um, unlike Grand Zuzi, and uh, him playing in Europe every single week. He's actually my preferred backup for 2018. Bruce Arena doesn't know him like Jurgen Klinsmann does, so we can we can wait and see, but I'm hoping that he'll be the guy backing up DeAndre Yedlin in 2018. Next up on the list is probably a name that you've heard before. It's Julian Green for VFB Stuttgart attacking midfielder. Um, remember the goal in the 2014 World Cup against Belgium? Um, well, unfortunately, that's pretty much the only thing of consequence that Green has managed to do uh, in the red, white, and blue. Uh, I admittedly have a little bit of a personal vendetta against him for being the last attacking player named to that 2014 World Cup roster. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theorists believe it was um, how Jurgen Klinsmann convinced him to pick USA over Germany and ultimately resulted in Landon Donovan being left off the roster. Um, Green has been at Bayern Munich for the better part of the three or so years since um, the World Cup in 2014. He tried and tried and tried to make it work there. Uh, He really just kind of pissed away a couple of years um, and finally finally was sold to Stuttgart. Um, So... He never really did much for Bayern Munich. There was a hat trick that he scored in Charlotte at one of the International Champions League uh, Champions Cup matches that I was actually there for. Um, but at this point, Julian Green not doing enough for Stuttgart. He's fallen out of favor there as well, um, and so he's pretty far away from the from the World Cup roster at this point. But how great is it that we we didn't take Landon Donovan just so he would he would pick uh, USA? Go Yanks! Next up, the Iceman cometh, Aaron Johansson, striker for Werder Bremen. Uh, Johansson is an Icelandic American, and after Iceland went on their magical run in Euro 2016, uh, I wonder if he was regretting his decision to play for the U.S. men's national team. He's kind of fallen out of favor and hasn't been called up in a while, and uh, like I said, Iceland just went on an awesome run, so... I hope he doesn't regret it, but it, it, it certainly looks like he probably should on paper. Um, since the 2014 World Cup, he did come to that uh, as a backup striker option. Um, really, injuries and then a move to the Bundesliga where he hasn't been able to crack the team 
have made it so he hasn't really played too terribly much in in the last three years or so. And it's it's strange to think that young, you know, he was probably in his early to mid twenties in twenty fourteen, striker who was on that roster won't take or won't make the cut for the twenty eighteen edition. Um, not due to injury, but really at, at this time he's fighting for uh, the fourth striker spot. So he's really fighting with Dom Dwyer and Jordan Morris of the MLS. And he, he's at this point probably on the outside looking in. Bruce Arena knows those guys a lot better than Johansson. Uh, Johansson came in under Jurgen Klinsmann. He's definitely a Klinsmann guy. So um, I'm not sure where he is at the at the World Cup. I would have to imagine at this point at least unless he manages to break through for Werder Bremen, uh, it's probably that he's watching it from home. Next up, we've got Fabian Johnson, left-sided midfielder for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, He actually was the number one player on American Soccer Now, so American Soccer Now is a website that ranks the players in the U.S. player pool. Uh, He was the number one player on that list for a couple years after the 2014 World Cup uh, until Christian Pulisic blew up so he's definitely one of the best players in our player pool Uh, but unfortunately he's never been able to really find his best position he played it right back in the 2014 world cup and then after demarcus beasley retired uh fake retired uh in the 24 after the 2014 world cup he moved over and has pretty much played left back since then unfortunately like i said he's an attacking midfielder for his club Um, And so uh, we've never really been able to use him in his best spot with regularity. Um, In his meetings with Bruce Arena, apparently there's three important comments that that go along with him. One, he said he just wants to either play attacking midfield or left back and choose one or the other. Bruce Arena seems to have chosen him as a midfielder, so we assume that's how he'll play moving forward. He also said that he only wanted to play in important games which I'm not sure is going to fly with Bruce Arena. Um, and he also said that he's thinking about retiring after the World Cup 2018. So uh, he would only be in his early 30s at that time. So people actually are starting to question his commitment, um, which I had never seen before. But after those comments, you can't blame him. So I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure how Bruce Arena is going to deal with somebody who doesn't seem fully committed to the cause. But at this point, Fabian Johnson's just such a good player that he's going to have to be in the roster. Uh, I can't see him not being. I just don't know where on the field he's actually going to be playing. Next up, we've got the current number one American Soccer Now player, uh, Christian Pulisic, winger for Borussia Dortmund. Um, I just simply don't know enough about the X and O's of soccer to articulate how good he is. Um, but he's by far and away the best American player, and he's also 18 years old. Um, he'll be at the World Cup, uh, barring injury, of course, and he'll be the focal point of our entire attack. So uh, if he's not there, there's really no backup plan whatsoever. Uh, but Christian Pulisic, definitely the best American player in the world right now, exciting player, and really probably one of the best 18-year-old players in the world. Another American in the Bundesliga is Caleb Stanko. Um, He's playing in the Bundesliga, so by definition I wanted to talk about him, but uh, he got one call-up and one cap in a couple of minutes at the very end of the Jurgen Klinsmann era, so uh, I don't think he's anywhere near the plans for Bruce Arena. He's a center defensive mid, um, 
and I, I he just doesn't really have much of a shot for the World Cup roster. He's so far away from the radar. But like I said, by definition, wanted to at least address that Caleb Stenko, good for you playing in the Bundesliga. Uh, let's let's try and make it regular and, and work your way into that team maybe for the next cycle. The final American player in the Bundesliga is Mr. Bobby Wood, striker for Hamburg. Um, Bobby Wood's got to be one of the only Hawaiian U.S. men's national team players ever. I wasn't able to find any easily digestible information to prove me otherwise, but I just have to imagine that he's one of the few. Um, he was at Hamburg last year and scored goals at a relatively okay rate. Um, and for the U.S. men's national team, scoring goals with some regularity in a major league uh, is enough to get you on the World Cup roster. So um, Bobby Wood is one of the obvious three strikers that everyone expects to be named. Uh, Josie Altidore, Clint Dempsey, and then Bobby Wood. Uh, one of the benefits to him is that he does something much different than Josie and Clint do. Um, Josie and Clint, for all they're good at, they're not fast, and Bobby Wood definitely injects a bit of pace into the, the starting lineup for the U.S. men's national team attack. Uh, expect to see Altidore and Wood as a partnership up top in the World Cup 2018, uh, unless, of course, there's some sort of injury, but at this time, he's definitely a lock to be on the team. All right, so that does it for the big five European leagues where we have American presence. We don't currently have any first-team players in uh, Spain or France. Uh, we do have one guy playing in uh, Italy right now in the Serie A, Josh Perez. He's a winger for Fiorentina, um, and they refuse to ever let him come play, unfortunately. So he hasn't been able to suit up for the red, white, and blue too terribly much, um, but he will be one to look out for in the future. Uh, so for the rest of the time today, I wanted to touch on a few guys playing in the rest of Europe outside of the big five leagues um, and focus on uh, some of them and see what they have to do or if they're already in the side for the World Cup in 2018, just so you're keeping your eyes open and they're not uh, new names whenever you see the official roster named. First up in the rest of Europe category is Ethan Hervath. He's a goalkeeper playing for Club Bruges in Belgium. Um, he's a young keeper, so he didn't play this summer. Bruce Arena told him to try and win that starting job so he can guarantee uh, he's playing in either Europa or Champions League this upcoming season. I can't remember which one. Club Bruges finished second in the league last year, so they qualify for one of those two. I just can't remember which one it is. Um, realistically, his World Cup chances, he's not jumping Tim Howard or Brad Guzan, so he's fighting for that third goalkeeper spot. Fighting with guys like Bill Hamid, maybe Nick Ramondo, um, maybe Sean Johnson, all those guys being in the MLS. Um, because of Bruce's familiarity with the MLS guys, maybe they get the nod for right now, but I would have to assume if um, Horvath is able to win that job and play regular um, over in Europe, he would probably be that third option, especially because he'll be groomed for the future. Next up, we've got Eric Lehigh. So Eric Lehigh is a right back for Nottingham Forest in the championship. Um, he's actually been their player of the season a couple of times over the last few years. And because he was playing so well in Europe, uh, folks were really, really angry whenever he never got called up by Jurgen Klinsmann during the Jurgen era. Um, but Bruce Arena did for the Gold Cup to, um, you know, many fans' excitement finally getting a chance to see him. But unfortunately, he wasn't even able to win the job over Graham Zusi as the right back for the tournament. 
um, despite Zussi being a converted right back. So um, at this point, he's still in the hunt for that backup spot to DeAndre Yedlin. He's fighting with Graham Zussi and also Timmy Chandler, who we talked about earlier. At this point, I don't see him winning it if he wasn't able to beat Zussi. Um, and then uh, Timmy Chandler is probably the better player technically right now. So he's probably not going to make it, but that isn't to say that he couldn't uh, with a really good season. Next up, we've got Matt Miazga, and Matt Miazga is actually a little bit of a American hero if you think about it. He scored uh, the third goal against Nicaragua in the group stage of the Gold Cup this summer to ensure that the U.S. didn't have to play Costa Rica in its first knockout game. Uh, so he got us on the right side of the bracket um, and ultimately helped us win the Gold Cup. So Matt Miazga, actually owned by Chelsea of the Premier League, um, they bought him a couple years ago after he proved he was one of the best defenders in the MLS and he was really young. So Chelsea bought him. Um, he played one game there, made a pretty bad mistake, and the next summer he was shipped off to Vitesse in the Eredivisie, which is the Netherlands League. Uh, he actually played there the entire year last year, helped them win the Dutch Cup, which was the first piece of silverware that that club had won in the 100-plus year history. Um, so then he came back to Chelsea after that loan ended um, for the summer, played with U.S. in the Gold Cup, and then shortly after returning from the Gold Cup, was announced that he's going back to Vitesse again. Um, a lot of folks don't like that transfer. They don't see it as progression. But for me, at least, I think it's a good thing for him to get consistency, go to a club that obviously values what he's bringing, especially in a, in a World Cup year, because he's another one of those guys that's really competing for the, the final center back spot. So the only way that he's going to jump a lot of folks is to play with some regularity, um, and, and the best place for him to do that is probably at Vitesse. So we'll see. At this point, I don't expect him on the roster, but I certainly would for the 2022 World Cup. One more center back, and you can tell that the U.S. has quite a little bit of center back depth right now, um, is Tim Ream. He's playing in the championship for Fulham, so he's one of the, uh, one of the last remaining Americans on their roster after Emerson Heinemann left, um, keeping the full America uh, trend alive. So... He's been getting sporadic call-ups under both the Jurgen Klinsmann era and Bruce Arena since he's been in charge. Unfortunately for him, he's really never been able to solidify himself as a as a must-call-in player. Um, he is a left-footed center back, so really he's the best-case scenario for him is to get in as the backup left-sided center back behind John Brooks. And currently he's fighting with Matt Beasler for that position. Uh, Beasler played in the Gold Cup this summer and played really well, so currently I would have to assume that Beasler will be going and Tim Ream will be on the outside looking in, but that's not to say that he can't put in a good season in the championship this year and, and jump ahead in you know the next nine months. And the final player I want to talk about today is Mr. Kenny Saif. He's an Israeli-American winger for Ghent, again in the Belgian League. Um, he... He was known to U.S. national team fans for his dual lineage a long time ago, um, but we just mostly never expected him to pick the USA. I think he was maybe only here for three months after he was born, um, but actually right before the Gold Cup in June, he filed for his one-time switch to become, uh, in the sporting world's eyes, American instead of Israeli at least. Um, and Bruce Arena rewarded him with a call-up. Unfortunately for him, he got one substitute appearance in the Ghana friendly 
as a warm-up for the Gold Cup and then uh, was was sent home. He actually ended up getting a hemorrhoid, and so he was sent back uh, to, to recover from that. He's had to have surgery, and the, the timetable for his return is expected to be pretty long. So that um, recovery period, only having nine months until the World Cup starts, and Bruce Arena having never seen him before, um, probably combined to make it so he only gets one or two chances to be called up before the, the national team actually needs to be uh, picked for the World Cup, and, and that likely means that he won't be coming. So it really does suck for him because the Gold Cup was the opportunity for Bruce Arena to see what he had to do and gain some of that familiarity. And so had he gotten hurt you know, at the start of the season and Bruce Arena uh, was able to, to confirm that he had gotten back healthy and that he had played well in the Gold Cup, it really did leave an opportunity for him. Um, but at this time, you just have to think that the timing of that injury and the limited amount of caps that he'll be able to get as a result uh, cut his chances for the World Cup. So there you have it. That is a look at the player pool for those who are playing in Europe this club season. Uh, there definitely are some that I missed for sure. Terrence Boyd was on there. Lyndon Gooch I thought about discussing. I wanted any reason that I could possibly find to discuss mixed discrude, but Ultimately, I tried to stick to guys that had at least uh, somewhat of a shot to make the team um, for the 2018 World Cup. So uh, take a listen. If I did forget anybody that you you specifically uh, think might be worth talking about, shoot me a note. Uh, my email address is uh, ussoccerrundown at gmail.com. You can get at me on Twitter at ussoccerrundown. Um, and then again, like I said, since the last episode, uh, I don't think that I've made it big, so probably if you're listening, you have my cell phone number. Uh, you can just shoot me a text as well, and I'll be sure to answer. All right, so enjoy uh, the last weekend that you have before Premier League season starts because it's going to be uh, it's going to be 38 weeks of of getting up early and watching the matches. So, all the best. Thanks for listening. Okay.